Hey girls, welcome to the Go Girl Podcast because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. Each episode is about self-love, self-care, and self-discovery. Tune in for affirmations, motivation, girl talk, and girl power. Now let's get it started. Go girl. Hey girls, welcome back to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. I'm loving this. I didn't even think this was going to be like a series, but I'm loving what we have going on right now about codependency. And I think it's because I wasn't aware of a lot of habits of codependence. So I'm like so intrigued and the conversation went a little longer that we have a part two. And you're even in for a better treat because next week we're doing a codependency wrap up. Yeah, so it'll be pretty much a part three in that wrap up this conversation about codependency for now until you all ask more questions. But next week is exciting because I'll have my mom join in. We usually debrief about the Go Girl podcast and the conversations I have. And she had some questions and she brought us some great points. I was like, hey, like, let's see if we could get. Eunice to answer these questions for you. So that's going to happen next week. All right. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then please refer to the previous episode where we talked about 10 things you should know about codependency, the signs of codependency, and how to be aware. All right. So in today's episode, I know, girls, I'm like hype because I'm learning so much. And I'm like, now I need to get a book about it. (laughs) But in today's episode, we're going to talk about the 12 challenges for codependence and how to change the codependency patterns. It's so interesting, especially for all of us in different relationships with friends, with our intimate partners. Like this is a great way to self-reflect to see if you are a codependent. And we'll even talk about the shocking similarities between the codependent and the narcissist. By the way, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're on TikTok, then please go follow me at I am Ashley Caprice. I've been talking so much about the narcissist the past few weeks, and I'm so excited to see where the conversation is going. So many people are relating to the conversation. So many people are sharing their own stories, and I'm really building a community over there. So be sure to follow me on TikTok at I am Ashley Caprice. All about the narcissist, how to heal from that type of relationship, how to move on, move forward, and be the best version of yourself. All right. So be sure to follow over there. And if you're from TikTok, then welcome to the Go Girl podcast. So since this is part two, then we are going to hop back into the conversation with psychotherapist Eunice version, all about codependency. So let's get into it. So how can we, how can we change our codependent patterns? So I think foremost, you have to be aware that it's an issue for you. You have to understand like, hey, when I'm with this person, he or she makes me feel this way or this Mm. person takes me for granted. Or every time I do something for this person, this person never really shows any appreciation. They're more like entitled or they feel like they deserve it. Those are like things that you need to become aware of. Like, how do you feel, you know, after you do something for somebody? Do you hold resentment? Like, do you start thinking like, I always do this for this person. This person never listens to me. They never ask me how I'm doing. Mm. Oh. Well, then maybe take some inventory, sit with yourself and be like some, you know, why am I always pouring and no one's pouring into me? What's that about? Mm-hmm. Let me start telling people how I feel about the way they treat me. Let's see how they respond. 
That's a good one. I had an episode recently about checking in with yourself, seeing how you feel after having an interaction with someone or doing something for someone like check in before you even make a commitment to go somewhere, like always check in and see how you feel about it first. So that goes right along with what you're saying. You you know, I probably should be a therapist, but anyway, no, but (laughs) it goes right along with what you're saying. That what you just said is an exercise that I do with my clients. Journal how you feel. I want you to write down what you're feeling. What is something that bothered you today? Or did a situation make you upset? And how did you handle that? Or how how was the internal state for you? What did it bring up for you? Like people need to learn how to sit with negative feelings. People avoid negative feelings. We live in a society who just seeks pleasure, doesn't, doesn't want to sit with uncomfortable feelings because the fear that comes with the flooding of emotions. You've never experienced those emotions. What does that say about me? Like people start to really think that something is wrong with it. Like there's a deficit. And no, I think that's the beginning of this journey of healing. It's when you can actually become aware of your own toxic traits, of your own deficits and start to actually work towards changing the things that you don't like about yourself or why others take advantage of you, or you're not happy in relationships. What is that? Like, sit with that, analyze that. And I had to do that, even as a therapist. You know, I chose a career where I tell people, I give people advice, or I tell people, you know, what I think, or my suggestions, or opinions, or, you know, they come to me for advice, or for professional help. But a lot of my therapy now, in the last three years, I would say, is rooted in really like being a mirror and just holding space. Like if you come into me to tell you what to do, that's not the kind of therapist I want to be. Right. Like I'm not trying to repair, like do the parentifying again, do the codependency with you. Like I don't want you to be codependent on me. I don't want you to seek Mm. for answers from me. I want you to come to your own conclusions. I want you to be able to dig within and own your own voice, cultivate that sense of self of a yes. way I want women and men that come to therapy to become very comfortable in their own skin and speak from their truth like I want to give them like the tools so that they can speak from a place of authenticity whatever that looks like for them yeah Ooh, that felt good <laughs> just learning just learning more about themselves like you said self-awareness and learning to trust themselves in their own voice and you're just like Yep. You know what you said is correct. Like exactly. Like we, we already have all of the answers within us. It's on us to just trust ourselves to like really follow that path or know that, yeah, it's okay to speak up. Or like you said, even like what's going to happen if I do say no this time to this person, like, are they going to respect me more? And if not, maybe those ain't my people, right? Those are not my people. Like you got to set the boundaries and you got to just learn that it's okay to just say, no, not today, not today. And letting go of people might be very scary. I understand that. And I want to validate those feelings like for folks. Like, yes, letting go of relationships that are one-sided is very heartbreaking and it's hard, but it's also very liberating once you like free yourself from that. Like once you go through the grieving process, the grief and the loss of losing somebody that you cared for more than they probably cared for you, 
it's okay. Like you will find your tribe. You will find new people that pour back into you. You will find people that are genuine, that are caring, that love you for who you are, that are not judging you, not criticizing you, don't make you feel like you're walking on eggshells. And that to me is a beautiful thing where I could be authentically myself and I could tell you, no, I don't feel like it today, girl. My head hurts. No, I'm not going to that. Or no, I'm okay. Thank you for the invite. Or I didn't appreciate how you said that. That hurt my feelings. And you'll be like, oh, for real? I'm sorry, girl. I didn't mean to. Like that is beautiful. Yes. Not being in relationships with people like, oh, you're too sensitive. Oh, you always over that. That's gaslighting. And most folks that are codependent, that's what they're getting. They're getting gaslit all the time by loved ones. And that's sad. Too sensitive, too emotional, all of it. You're too emotional. You're this, you're that. Well, I'm sorry. It's just who I am. And if you can, I tell people, if people can't hold space for you, what makes you think they can hold space for themselves? Yes. That's another good one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is another good one. Okay, Eunice, you said a lot. You said I'm a lot so of great okay. things. No, don't apologize. I love all of it. We <laughs> It is needed on this podcast. Um, I do want people to leave with some practical steps. I know that we yeah. both said, okay, let's sit with ourselves, have some alone time, check in with ourselves, see how we're feeling. Like, what can people do? We need some tools, sis. <laughs> so if you feel like any of this resonated with, you, you know, with your audience, I want them to be able to do some self-assessment. So I'm going to read a list of some things that you should avoid if you feel you have codependency traits or you feel like you're pouring too much to other folks. So this will help you to establish a relationship with self. Yes. And I think that's the beginning is starting to discover who you are foremost. Okay. So 12 challenges for codependence. Number one, saying no, stop setting limits or boundaries. Two, detaching. Detachment is a beautiful thing. I love detachment. I'm focusing on yourself. Number three, knowing what you need. And I would also add to that, which is number four, asking for what you need and what you want. Number five, sharing negative feelings. So if something makes you feel uncomfortable or it upsets you, share that with that person. If you can't truly speak from a place of authenticity and that person can't hold space for you, you need to reevaluate that friendship or that relationship. Number six, planning and doing for yourself. So this could look like meal planning, the scheduling a workout class, scheduling a time to go, you know, to the library, pick up some books, might look like going to get a manicure by yourself, going to dinner by yourself. I love to take myself out to the movies by myself. I enjoy going to the movies alone. Number seven, not controlling or giving advice. This was really big for me, especially as I'm a working parent. on it. <laughs> right? Is it? Number seven is like, oh my God, I'm a therapist. How do I avoid doing this? Uh, knowing what my position is and knowing the role that I play and knowing that I'm not a God, that I'm not here to save people, knowing that I'm just here to hold space and be a mirror to folks. That's my role. So number eight. Wait, can we go back to number seven real quick? <laughs> Since this has been a challenge for me and maybe other people and other women, maybe. So not controlling. What I mean by not controlling or giving advice is that sometimes we feel the urge to to help somebody with our words of encouragement or telling somebody like, that's not good, girl. You shouldn't do that. Or giving it unsolicited advice. Right. Or like telling a person like a partner, like I'll give you a perfect example, like telling my partner, like, hey, have you scheduled your physical this year? You need to go get some blood work, you know, blah, blah, blah. Even though it's coming from a good place and your intentions are, are, are good, 
it is not our duty to control other people or to tell people what to do. Other people have their free will to do what they need to do with their lives, including doctor's appointments, including, you know, investments, or that, that's not, like, that doesn't seem like a good business deal. You shouldn't do that. That is not our place. That is a boundary that we're crossing and we have to learn to honor that. Like, it's really imperative for us to heal the, the, the codependency is to avoid giving advice and trying to control other folks. So if someone's sharing something, should we, so we're just listening and, and you say yes and, and not giving advice or should we say like, would you like my opinion? Should we ask first or will they just tell us, hey, can I have your advice? So someone's coming to me, right? And says like, let's just say my sister's like, oh girl, something, something happened and I don't know what to do or what do you think I should do? I always reframe it like, well, what do you think I should tell you? What do you want to hear from me? Because okay. a lot of times people already know the answers. Exactly. Sometimes people don't want us to give them feedback or give them, you know, advice. They just want to be heard. Yep. They just want Very true listening ears. Okay. You're just holding space. I like to ask people, how can I hold space for you? What do you need from me at this time? Like, you know, what do you need from me? What, what is it that I can help you with? What are you seeking? Because then it puts it back on them. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Like, why are you sharing this information? And then they're, sometimes they're like, I just need to vent or thanks for letting me vent. I've been hearing that lately because I'm trying to stop the advice giving. So I'm just like silent, let them speak. And then it's like, thanks for letting me vent. I'm like, okay. Or, you know, with women, a lot of times we apologize. Sorry, girl, I just had a vent. And it's like, it's all good. You know, like they let it out. And I think that's beautiful what you just said. Like sometimes people just want to vent and you being a safe space for them, that is sacred. That's 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 the role of a genuine, loving friend, sister, partner. The fact that you can just hold space and just be present, that is powerful. Thank you. That's a, that's a good way for me to look at it. Because sometimes, girl, it's, it's a lot. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> this is a lot of venting. <laughs> Trust me, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm speaking to myself. When I <laughs> To other people, I'm speaking directly to me foremost all the time because we all need this. These are all great things that are going to help better our lives long term, you know, because we didn't have this information before. We didn't know these right. things. We didn't know. We, we, we were just, you know, living in, you know, in community with folks, with our families, especially, you know, if you lived with aunties and uncles and there was a big family, you had a lot of people in your family growing up and you just had everybody in your business, you know? So it's like, we're just kind of used to like giving each other advice. So what do you think? Or, you know, like things like that. And I just think, I think it's important, you know, to share with people when good things are happening, bad things are happening, but just like knowing our limits and just knowing when we're speaking from a place where it wasn't called for, or it was uncalled for. Like nobody asked you what you thought, like, why are you telling me what you think? Like, I didn't care. Like, you know, so just becoming more aware of that. And I think that also helps us to not deplete our energy. Yes, absolutely. Because we have to protect that. I think that, for me, especially, like I'm learning to really protect my energy and who I give it to because I know that the energy that I carry is very special and I don't think everybody's worthy of my energy. Period. I, I love it. Yeah, I loved your energy when I met you. <laughs> I was oh. like, like, we need to link up and stuff because I'm like, yes, like my vibe all the way. <laughs> and I appreciate that. I appreciate you so much for saying those kind words. And likewise, um, you are very beautiful spirit. And, and, and I love your energy as well. Number eight, receiving more than giving too much. So like learn to like, when people want to do things for you, when people want to like 
to I got it or you don't need to do it. Like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to do all the giving. Get, I need you to be okay with receiving. Like, learn to receive. Number nine, trusting yourself. Okay, wait, question about that. Sorry, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up, I promise. What if, this might be manipulation then, what if someone's always giving in hopes that other people will uh, give more to them? That's exactly what That's it, what we're talking about, yep. Codependency is a subconscious form of manipulation. Yeah. People don't do it with malicious intent. Let me make that very clear. It's subconscious. You want to give and give to somebody so that you in a way can control them and you can guilt trip them. Mm-hmm. Me, okay. codependency is the reversal of a narcissist. Wow. And that's what a lot of people are saying. A lot of people in our field are saying like codependency is really narcissism reversed. Wow. I had that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, you can look it up. It's I've I've been doing like is it of, is it like on a spectrum of narcissism or is it just yeah, totally it narcissism reverse? Mm-hmm. It, it's like it can be. It's like the, uh, it, depending on how severe it is, mm-hmm. because it is like what you said. You hit it right on the. It's it's very manipulative. Yeah, because sometimes well with narcissism, a lot of times the people give so much in the beginning. That's love bombing. That's a love bombing. The future faking, all of that, in hopes to get the love in return. That's the manipulation. They just want narcissistic supply. They just need to get yep. you where they want you. So that, and that's what narcissists, so that's perfect. You said that. So basically a narcissist, the perfect prey for narcissists is a codependent. Mm. I was with a narcissist before okay. and after it all ended, even his sister texted me like this long message about him and stuff and was like, he makes everyone around him a codependent. So, and I felt like I was a codependent in that relationship. I'm like, why? I'm never speaking up. I'm like, people pleasing. I'm always giving and giving because they're always complaining. I'm not doing enough and yada, yada. And, you know, trying to get things back to where it was in the beginning. This, this is what it is. Yep. Because, because they need that. It's a supply. You have to understand nurses are extremely insecure, fragile individuals. They have no sense of identity either. Just like a codependent. They create Mm. one. It's all an illusion for them. Yeah. It's like an empty, like, you know, like you have a shiny glass, but when you open it, it's like empty and there's nothing in it. Mm-hmm. Like that's what a narcissist is. Everything looks really pretty on the outside with them. But once you open it, it's, it is just empty and shallow. There's just nothing there. So the biggest thing that a, nar- that a codependent fears is losing someone, losing that loved one, losing that person, losing their partner. And with a narcissist, that they feed them that, like they pour into them in the beginning to catch them. And then they basically bait them into this very unhealthy toxic where they just deplete them and take and take and take and take because they know that the codependent is going to just give until they can't give no more. Yep. And that's sad. So I just want people to have this knowledge so that they can really free themselves from these very unhealthy relationships that we've all engaged in. And this is not to like stigmatize, you know, narcissism or codependency is just to bring awareness so that we can all heal because I truly believe that narcissists need healing too. Oh, absolutely. They, they're the biggest ones who need it, but they have to be aware. Yeah. If they're willing to accept the help, that's another thing because most of them, you know, don't, don't think there's nothing wrong with their with them. Yeah. It's always the, that's the problem. It's never them. You know, they lack accountability a hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. Number nine. <laughs> so trusting yourself. This is huge. Like I give you a perfect example of, of codependency, like with a lot of women, always asking other people, including other women, mostly 
How do I look? What do you think about buying these shoes? What do you think about this purse? Do you think I should get this? What about this job? I need people, especially women, to trust themselves, to be confident in the decisions that they've made. Yes. And the way you do that is that you start making little promises to yourself every day and you honor those promises. If you promise yourself to go on a 20-minute walk, you take yourself on a 20-minute walk. If you promised yourself that you were going to apply for that new job, you apply for that new job. If you told yourself that you were going to go and, you know, get, I don't know, like a new workout outfit, you go and get that workout outfit. If you promised yourself that you were going to take this online course to, you know, to continue to, you know, um, increase your, you know, whatever your skill set in your job, then you take that course and you improve your skill set. Little promises to yourselves is how you build your self-esteem and your self-worth. I've seen posts like that online where some therapists are saying that, you know, like to build confidence and self-trust, it's like, making those small daily commitments. So is it like, okay, if I said this to myself, say I'm going to walk for 20 minutes today and I don't do it, then it's like I broke my trust with myself? It is, but it's going to take time because a lot of us have never learned to trust ourselves because we come from, we're coming from a place of a deficit, right? So I don't want anybody to then beat themselves up and get into the cycle of like, well, I couldn't keep that promise to myself. So forget about it. Or, you know, so I want you to like, even if you don't honor that promise yourself, then you try again tomorrow. Like Aaliyah said, if, if I first I don't succeed, I'm going to get up and try again. You have to try again. And it's okay to try a hundred times. And give yourself grace for missing that yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. Because codependent people and just people in general, because like I said, I don't like to stigmatize these labels. I'm very big on not pathologizing people. And, you know, I just think it's just all of us, you know, who are hurting in different ways. Like what we do a lot is we are our own worst critic and we beat ourselves up so bad. So I don't want people to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm a lost cause or I have, you know, like there's no way for me to change. Like just give yourself some grace and like try again tomorrow. Maybe if you can do a 20-minute walk, then just go to do a five-minute walk around the block. Just go take the track out. Do something. Baby steps. is all about baby steps. So number 10, when it comes to the 12 challenges for codependence, is making decisions. Woo! That's a big one. And I could definitely see that that was me for a long time. I even used to call my family like, hmm, what should I eat today? What should I do today? and not making up my own mind at all. Now I rarely call to get that type of advice because that's something I should just know for myself. So I definitely relate to that one that it used to be tough for me to make my own decision. And I didn't even know that was a trait of being a codependent. I always ask for advice. I always wanted everyone else's opinion. And I needed to just learn to, like you said, trust myself. And do what I want and just, you know, center and focus and see what my spirit or what I'm being led to do and do more of that on my own. So what's number 11? So number 11 is not losing yourself in a relationship. So making sure that you carve out time for yourself, even in a relationship. I still take trips alone. For my 35th birthday, I went to Kabul alone, uh, brought in my birthday alone. Um, not because I didn't have any friends that didn't want to go with me. I just really want to spend time with myself you know, going to dinner by yourself, you know, going to work out by yourself, you know, going to the movies alone, like your partner has his hobbies or her hobbies. Like you want to be able to have that alone time independently of each other. Like, I think it's healthy to do things together, but it's also very healthy in relationships to do things 
separate and not guilt trip one another for spending time alone. That's a big codependent thing. Like they always want to be with their partner. They feel like if their partner has plans with friends or plans with family, that they're abandoned or they're being left out. That's something that you need to work through yourself. Like, what is that? Why are you having those thoughts? Why are you having those feelings? Like that is not okay. Like your partner's not here to fulfill all your needs. Your partner's not here to fill your voids or to make you happy. Your partner's supposed to just add to what you've already cultivated with yourself. And then the last one, like breakups. So like 12 chance for breakups, like how do you manage a breakup? Like, can you accept the breakup? Can you accept that things come to an end and that something better is coming, you know? And I think for a lot of codependents, like they will linger with unhealthy relationships or they'll just kind of keep ex-boyfriends, you know, or ex-girlfriends as friends, you know, because, you know, we could probably work things out. It, you've broken up three times and it didn't work out. So why are you guys doing the same dance? You know, like not giving themselves the opportunity to see what else is out there. So they take breakups really hard because it's once again, it's that fear of abandonment, that fear of like, I have nobody. Yeah, that fear of abandonment is real. It's it is very rooted and you know, and that's rooted in childhood. And it's rooted in, you know, neglect. It's rooted in, you know, um abuse, you know, and more than likely it's from the mother. Um, there's this book that I want to read that I haven't yet started reading, but I did catch the latest episode of uh, Jada Pinkett um on Red Table Talk, Mother Hunger. She had the author on there. I watched it maybe a week or two ago and it was very powerful. I, I want to read the book because I think a lot of the issues that a lot of women have in relationships is rooted, it's deep rooted with their own issues with their mothers. A lot of times we think it's the fathers, but a lot of our trauma, especially with like just relationships with men is, is a lot to do with our issues with mothers, just the lack of affection, the lack of communication with our mothers, just the way that our mothers just didn't know any better. And, you know, unfortunately it created a lot of emotional deficits for women. Wow. That's so deep. Do you know the name of the book? Mother Hunger. Mother Hunger is the name of the book. Okay. Yeah. So ladies, if you get your hands on that, it might be worth it. Or at least you can watch the Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett. Yeah, she went into detail on that episode. It was a really good episode. I love that. Eunice, you have been such an amazing guest. So patient. If you Thank only you. knew everything that was going on behind the scenes. <laughs> but, I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Made it work. So uh, I appreciate you. And I just want to say go girl to you for doing everything, for coming on to this Likewise, episode. Likewise, go sharing, girl to you too. Appreciate that for yes, sharing all about thank codependency. For what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. And this conversation was so good and it is not over. If you have any questions or whatnot, be sure to reach out to Eunice on Instagram. You can find her at Eunice the Therapist. That's E-U-N-I-C-E-D-A Therapist. All right. But as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, we're going to have our last conversation about codependency next week. And I'm going to add my mom onto the show because she had some questions. You know, she comes from a different generation and they were impacted in different ways and taught how to behave in certain ways. So we're getting to that next week and how they were pretty much shaped to be codependent. Such a fascinating conversation. So be sure to subscribe and follow on Apple, on SoundCloud, or at gogirlmovement.org. Leave a comment, leave a review. Let me know what part resonated with you. Dang, I should have been a rapper. I've always always said that. I, I just didn't know that was going to rhyme like that. All right, so... Also follow me on social media at Go Girl Movement and at I am Ashley Caprice. And remember, it is totally okay to put yourself first. All right, until next time, have a good one and I love you. Go girl. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. 
and be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Connect with me on social media at Go Girl Movement or subscribe to the blog at www.gogirlmovement.org. By the way, have you purchased your copy of the Go Girl Guidebook, a woman's interactive guide to self-love? 10 chapters full of ways to love yourself better. It's available right now on Amazon. Thank you for your support. I love you and I'll talk to you next time. Go girl.